Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, motherfuckers. Did you miss me? I wanted to introduce myself like Lizzo did on her album. Anyway, welcome to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it for our own lives. If it is your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Everyone is welcome here. If you are not new, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, this week has been so long, yet the days have been so short. And that is just adding to my depression. I look outside, it's 5 p.m. I think the day is over. It's hard for me to be motivated and function. And November's a hard-ass month. I always thought like January, February were the most trash months of the year. No, I think it might be November, most trash month of all. Life is just raw-dogging me and laughing in my face. But kind of everyone, though, because there's been a lot of shit going on this week. And that's what we're going to talk about on this podcast. Today's episode, we got a lot of shit to go over, like Taylor Swift era's tour ticket fail fiasco that literally left so many preteen girls victimized crying on their bathroom floor and parents wanting to shoot themselves then we're going to talk about the grammy nominations and why we really don't care who got nominated for a grammy because they are a scam then we're going to do a pete davidson and emily radikowski update and lastly we need to talk about the fact that twitter might cease to exist by the time you're listening to this podcast which would be like worst case scenario that that would that would be the only thing to make life worse right now if we lost social media that is my only outlet to be happy okay so before we get into it make sure you rate this podcast five star on spotify and apple Podcasts. i love when you guys leave little reviews uh i love reading them they're so cute if they're nice of course if you're telling me that my dad will never love me i don't like those ones screenshot yourself listening to this podcast post it to your instagram story and tag me And if you do, I will hit you up. I have so many of you that I DM frequently. And I will always DM you back if you just um, put me on your story once. Get the name of the podcast out there. We don't have big companies pushing it for us. And yeah, so let's get into this insane episode of Pop Culture University. Take your seats. Class is in session. What happened was... We reached the moon, but lost in space. I think we got there all too soon. But you know what? I'm coming back for you, baby. I'm coming back for you. Trying to get Taylor Swift tickets in these last two days it was all hell broken loose it was the great war and i didn't even think it would be that insane but trying to get these tickets for the eras tour was like storming the beach of normandy on d-day and the amount of people who made it out alive was not a lot i have a ticket but i have survivor's guilt and also kind of buyer's remorse so let me tell you how i was scammed and basically how everyone was scammed by blondie who you know we thought she loved us so the swifty army the troops were gathering people were making alliances trying to get tickets going in the pre-sale together hoping that through all the bloodshed they would come out the victor with a good enough ticket in their hand 
I didn't think it was going to be so bad because I just wasn't worried about it. I thought everyone would get a ticket. I thought it would be so easy because for the reputation tour, everyone got a ticket. And a lot of people bought their tickets really late, like a month or two before the show. And I knew Taylor's fandom had grown since then, but not such an astronomical amount that this fiasco would happen. Taylor gave us two presale days that we could register for the fan presale on Tuesday and then the Capital One presale on Wednesday. She added almost double the amount of tour dates. So honestly, I thought as long as you got presale, you were going to be a okay and everyone would be totally happy. And Taylor Swift was like soothing us the night before. She was at the EMAs, the basically the European version of the VMAs. And she gave a speech after winning music video of the year, talking about how much she loved the fans and they're her whole life and the reason she has a job and she's just so thankful. I'm so, I'm so blown away. You have no idea um, how much it means to me to even get to do this as a career. Um, there's not a single moment I take that for granted. I love you so much. I can't believe I get to do this as a job. It's all because of you. Thank you so, so much. But that was just the calm before the storm. Because on Tuesday morning when this all went down, I woke up at 9 a.m. thinking this was just going to be easy peasy. You know, let's move on with my day. I'll get a ticket. Spend a lot of money, of course. But I'll just continue on. Next thing I know, a nuclear bomb goes off. It's like that scene in Mean Girls when Katie is talking about how things happen in the normal world and then how things happen in girl world. And there's that flash to all the humans acting like monkeys and ripping each other apart. That's how it was when tickets went on sale. Now, admittedly, we should have seen this coming because 1.5 million people got the pre-sale code for Tuesday. That's an alarming amount of numbers because... Given the size of the tour and the size of stadiums, there's only a little bit over 2 million tickets in total. And you could have bought up to six tickets if you got in the room to buy a ticket with presale. So for some reason, I thought we would all be fine. But you know what? I should have known. They also had to waitlist 2 million people because they couldn't sell, obviously, 3.5 million tickets. And I felt bad for people who got waitlisted, but I was like, you know what? That's responsible of Taylor. Some people need to be waitlisted. The fans who were e- who were eager enough to sign up fast enough, they should be the ones to get the pre-sale tickets. This whole time, too, I thought they were going to save some tickets for the general public. So I just thought pre-sale was like this lovely opportunity for us. Taylor was even so sweet. She posted the week before that her concert tickets were going to be really affordable. And she has her fans back. She is doing... Um, altruism i don't even know what that means but she in her song she's like did you hear my covert narcissism disguised as altruism she was disguising herself as altruism with this because she said they were going to be between 45 and 500 dollars for the tickets and yeah 500 maybe a little bit but for a artist of this size that's not a lot at all so people were really happy they could afford this that was a lie you guys it was all a lie the second i saw those prices i was like mm, it doesn't seem very American capitalism to me. There has to be a twist here. And I absolutely knew there was going to be a twist. And when I heard the rumbling, right when that countdown happened for people to get in the queue, it was like the countdown at the Hunger Games. The bloodshed started. Do you know why? Because even though just 1.5 million got the pre-sale code, 
14 million people showed up on Ticketmaster, crashing the whole website, guaranteeing that only a small, very, 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 very few select people would be able to get a ticket. People took off work. People took off being a hater that day. People took off anything that's important to them to try to get these tickets. They got pre-sale for both days. They bought a boost so they could get in the queue faster, and they still didn't get the tickets. And I'm here to tell you guys that even if you did everything right and you didn't get a ticket, that's not your fault. This is a therapy session where we're going to help each other work through this. It's not your fault and you will be okay. Okay. That is the message of today. You did your best. So not only did 14 million people show up, but a lot of bots showed up buying the tickets. If they got in, they bought the tickets really quickly and then went to resell them on StubHub and whatever other gross concert selling website that david dobrik has probably promoted because he's a scam artist flop they were selling them for 10 times what they were worth i saw a ticket that was supposed to be 600 going for like thirty thousand dollars even up to ninety five thousand dollars because taylor swift fans are so desperate that they would do that because they love her that much and then problems were just ensuing with the limited availability and the website just absolutely crashing people were in the queue waiting for hours as i said i woke up at nine i thought i'd be out of there by 10 i was there all day until 4 p.m. I went. I was still on FaceTime with my friends who were trying to get tickets at the doctor's office. Anytime the doctor would leave, I would unmute the chat and be like, "Okay, like what's going on? What number are you we at now?" Um, you know, the world just hit eight billion people, and apparently they were all in the in the queue for this concert. And anyone who was lucky enough to get to the front, they would quickly get on the map, try to click on a ticket, and they would buy it put it in their cart and then once they hit like secure the ticket and pay for it it would say oh we sold your ticket oh like it's gone now you can't buy that ticket so people would then get kicked to the back of the line and then have an absolute panic attack and some people even went as far as they the purchase went through of buying the ticket but they didn't actually get the ticket so Ticketmaster was like oh we're sorry like this is our problem but you didn't get the ticket but we still charged you there was one woman let me tell you this like, thank God this didn't happen to you. You know, it could have been worse. She she tweeted this. Her name is Sydney Wallace. She said, I waited in line for Taylor Swift tickets for eight hours today and SeatGeek charged me 14 times for the ticket that I was never even able to purchase. So now my bank account that this happened on multiple cards, she said, are frozen. I'm broke. It overdrafted my accounts and I did not get tickets. And it's 14 charges for varying amounts from 500 to $700. So she probably just lost. Like, what's the math on that? I'm not a mastermind. I can't just do that math in my head times 14. So she literally lost almost like $10,000 from all of that, which is absolutely insane. Imagine waking up thinking you're going to buy concert tickets from your favorite artist ever. And then at the end of the day, you're $10,000 poorer and you still don't have the concert tickets and none of your debit or credit cards work anymore. What a fucking scam. Okay, and let's talk about scams because not only were people having major problems wasting their whole day trying to get tickets that they never even got, but people who did get the tickets were scammed beyond belief with these VIP package tickets that they were selling. As Taylor said, they're going to be 49 to $500. And then she said, but VIP, if you want to get something special, you know, are going to be from 500 to 1000 So in my head, VIP is only like the first few rows if you want to get these extra packages, some amazing thing the day of. Sure, you'll pay extra. You're getting a front row seat anyway, so you probably are going to pay extra and you're willing to and you're excited to. But when the fans were frantically trying to buy tickets before someone else did because you would click on a seat and by the time you could even buy buy it, it was bought by someone else. People were just frantically trying to click anywhere to buy it. 
that the people at Ticketmaster knew these desperate Taylor Swift fans would not even look if they were getting a VIP package or not. So guess what they did? They made just about every single seat in the stadium a VIP ticket. So yeah, sure, there were tickets that were between 45 and 500 but that was only the seats on the 300 level and not even all of them on the 300 level. Every other seat in the whole stadium was VIP. So they scammed the fuck out of everyone. Complete lies, complete bullshit, deception. So embarrassing, like capitalism at its worst. Everyone was tweeting afterwards that they didn't even know they got VIP until after the fact they got the tickets. Someone said... Did we all just not know that we had VIP until after the fact? And yeah, I agree with that. I didn't know I had VIP until after because we, me and my friends, this was the second day with the Capital One presale. We did, we failed the first day, didn't get shit. I was really worried at that point. I, we come back the second day. We like buy credit cards and take a hit to our credit so we can get these tickets. And we finally get in the room to buy a ticket and click on seats And the time that we got in there to the time we actually hit buy was probably 60 seconds because we knew we had to go so quickly after hours of waiting that quick. So we click on three different seats. There was problems with the first two. The third one, we just click buy. We think it's not a VIP. We think we're going to spend like 500 at the most. We check out. There was only three of us. The, my friend's credit card that we used, he was charged over $3,000 for the seats, but we were so desperate that we just bought them that fast and apparently we got the karma is my boyfriend vip package bullshit what the fuck is that it's almost like insulting to our intelligence how shitty this vip package was that Ticketmaster did it was we got like a tote bag and a sticker and early entrance to the stadium girl we don't need early entrance because we have seats it's not like there's a pit it's not like that's real value at all i don't want a tote bag I just felt so scammed that my friend who bought the tickets, he was like, I'm sorry, you guys, I didn't mean to spend that much. Like, I'll sell them. I'll give you the money back. I think I acted too quick. And I was like, no, bro, you're fine. I would have done the same exact thing. I knew I was going to spend a lot on this. I knew there's going to be a catch. I just wish this didn't happen. And then they had the nerve to charge us service fees. But there was no, we didn't get any service from Ticketmaster. So like, we they should have paid us service fees because of how bad the service was the tickets were supposed to be like 500 something at the end we each paid you know about a thousand each i feel almost like embarrassing saying that i feel afterwards i just felt like such a fool like taylor swift really played me there and she won because unfortunately she's the problem it's her at tea time everybody is agreeing So yes, Ticketmaster is definitely the monopoly behind this. People, even AOC, tweeted that Ticketmaster is a monopoly and that's a huge problem that is a contributing factor to this because since they don't have any competition and all the fans are going to that one site, one, that means the website is going to crash. Two, that means they can up the prices. They can scam us with these VIP packages all they want and we just have to deal with it. So just like you guys, if you got tickets or you didn't, I feel like a pozo. I feel sad and like disappointed in Taylor. So I'm glad we all feel that way. So we can kind of like lean on each other. And Swifty TikTok has definitely been leaning on each other in this moment. 
but I'm not going to let myself feel stupid at the same time because everyone thinks that yes, Taylor loves us. She loves the fans. But before that, they think Taylor's a capitalist. (laughs) Let's be honest. And that's the truth. She knew exactly what was going to happen. At least I don't think she knew what was going to happen with the crashing of the website. Of course, she didn't want that. I don't think she knew what was going to happen with the glitches of people getting sent to the back of the line, not being able to buy a ticket, even if they secured it. But she knew the VIP package scam that was about to come on us. There's no way she didn't. There's no way she doesn't know exactly what everyone is going to pay and how much she's going to expect her fans to pay. And even the bullshit names of the VIP packages, like the Karma is my boyfriend package, what does that even mean? Like, what is that supposed to represent? She knew, she probably gave them those names. And Taylor knew Ticketmaster is a monopoly, so they can work together to scam us. Do I think Taylor Swift's a bad person for this? A little bit. I I am a little upset with her exclusively, yes. I would like to talk to Miss Swift. I'm not gonna cancel her or not listen to her. But I'm disappointed. And I think this is why she did this. Taylor likes breaking records. She likes the accolade. She likes the title. The she likes being the heavyweight champion of everything, even though she's as skinny as a needle. She likes being the world heavyweight champion of the the music industry. And she is. And with Midnight's, she had a capitalistic mindset going into this era completely. She knew, she saw how good Fearless Taylor's version did, Folklore, Evermore, and then Red Taylor's version did. She saw the success of all that and she said, I can really squeeze squeeze these fools for money. For Midnight's, she sold four different vinyls and that made like a clock that you could buy for your wall. Who needs four vinyls of the same album but fans just want it all. They think it's cool. She sold target exclusives four different versions of anti-hero she sold a lot because she knew that people would buy everything and she had record sales she sold 1.5 million records in the first week a lot of those were vinyls over 500,000 of those were vinyls and she just saw her being this capitalistic mastermind and this commercial engineer was working for her so she was like let's do the same thing for the tour and let's break a record with this tour but unfortunately, her her want for the accomplishment and the title came at the cost of her fans. And I think she consciously made that decision because she knew the fans would love her enough to buy the tickets, to feel upset for a minute, and then forgive her right after. So she upped the charges with the VIP packages. She upped the charges with everything. And I think she worked together with Ticketmaster to purposely let too many people in to the presale so it could be really hectic and get these fans in a corner where they feel so frantic and just so fight or flight that they will buy a ticket that they don't even check the price they don't check the vip because that's what happened to everyone and that that was just a cocktail for a broken record and she broke the record she sold over two million tickets in one day that is the fastest selling of a tour of all time and it's already the highest grossing tour of next year. As Like, she's already living in 2023. And we're the bozos back in 2022. So I think she is just has this love for success and getting pats on the back. She talked about that in her documentary. She, she lives for accomplishment. She lives for feeling like she did something good and she is succeeding. She really loves that feeling. So I think that's just what she did. And I, I genuinely think she loves the fans too. But she just loved herself a little bit more in this moment okay so now that i kind of 
expressed my grievances with Taylor Swift. Let's talk about how other people are hating Taylor Swift so you guys further know that you are not alone. And I think what she did to us was very unfair. So if you feel played, you are very right in in feeling that. If you feel disappointed by this woman who is your idol, that is a very valid feeling. And I want you to know that you are not alone. And hopefully she'll make it up to us. But in the meantime, people are tweeting against Taylor like it's 2016. Oh my God, my friend in our group chat, she, after like the seventh hour of waiting for these tickets, she goes, maybe Kanye West was right. I go, no, 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 no. I'll never go that far. I She could smack me in the face, hit me with a bus and kill my family. And I'd still be like, Taylor over Kanye. These are some tweets against Taylor, just, just to give you a taste of what this mess was. So this person said, Swifties just discovered that Taylor Swift is a hyper-capitalist whose number one priority is making money and, in fact, not being their best friend. Someone else said, I've defended Taylor through thick and thin, but these ticket prices are unacceptable. The vast majority of floor tickets being reserved for VIP and costing $700 to $900 without fees is just ridiculous and ensures only the richest people can see her and stops many fans from seeing her. This person said, I literally cannot stop laughing that Taylor would put an opportunity to buy a vinyl while checking out with an organ priced ticket. Like, be so seriously right now. No, seriously. Like, people pay less for a BBL than these tickets. And that's not even a joke. People pay less, pay less for student loans than the resale price of these tickets. This person said, I could only get two tickets behind the stage, so I'll have a view of her backup dancers, if that. And I can only bring one of my girls, not both. I waited eight hours. I feel like a failure as a mother. Fuck Ticketmaster, and I said that shit. Hashtag the Eras tour. This person said, I would like to see Taylor Swift herself try to get a ticket to her own show. She isn't doing her job. She's just being a hypercapitalist. I totally agree with all of those. I think everyone was put in such a shitty situation and we're all going through this together. But at the end of the day, I feel really bad, mostly for people who didn't get a ticket because this is going to be a lasting wound for them. You know, for the people who got tickets, money will come and go. And I know I'll be fine. Like I'm, I have survivor's guilt for sure. But the people who didn't get a ticket probably won't now because the general admission for Friday has been canceled because such a low availability of tickets that were left because of how many people they let into pre-sale. So if you don't have a ticket now, it's not looking good for you and you may need to cut out your kidney to be able to go to the Eras Tour next year. But I still think some people would do that. And it's going to suck when they are they they like they they can't look forward to the tour. They'll never look forward to the tour. They can't think about what they're going to wear that day and get excited and plan what merch they're going to buy and look at the set list and everything and then they're going to see videos on their friends snapchat stories and they're never going to get to go and see their idol and some people who are really passionate about artists that's like their whole life and i totally understand as mr pop culture so i'm so sorry and i hope taylor makes it up to us some way and just to show you guys how bad people some people felt here's a video of fans going off on her on tiktok brace yourself and the website fully crashed and it put me back in the beginning <laughs> what am i gonna do <laughs> taylor i had it i had tickets and it went to the beginning of the queue <laughs> this is so unfair <laughs> I did everything right. I was on time. I tried so hard. I 
moving. I'm not getting them. Like, you quit working. I'm not getting tickets. <laughs> I didn't get them. I didn't get tickets to Taylor Swift's Eras Tour during the pre-sale. And you know what? Had I lost those tickets to other Swifties, I would have been fine with that. Because somebody deserves to go to the show that wants to be there. Do you know what I mean? But instead, tickets in the sections that I was trying to get tickets for are now on StubHub being resold for thousands of dollars. What's worse is we were all so excited about the fact that regular ticket prices were capping out at 450. Finally, concert tickets for a huge artist that we love that we can afford. What's even more frustrating is that some of these tickets, some of these exact tickets, I had as available on Ticketmaster and in my cart, and when I hit next to go to checkout, suddenly they were gone. Anybody who knows me knows how much I absolutely adore Taylor Swift. But the way that yesterday was handled, it is massively disappointing. And before anybody comes for me and is like, oh, well, it's not her, it's her team, blah, blah, blah. No, it's her. It's her. I'm sorry, but she is in charge of her team. All of the decisions get run up the flagpole to number one. And I need for people to stop pretending like Taylor is not in control of the prices of her merch, her concert tickets, all of this stuff. You got to stop acting like Miss Girl can do no wrong. It's just not true. And I love her. I, I love her so, so, so much. But it is okay to be disappointed by somebody you love. It happens. Yeah, so people were very sad, very mad. It makes me sad seeing those girls cry. Like, I want to give them my tickets. I, I want to do anything I possibly can just to make them feel better because I feel so bad. I was considering, just for a, a nanosecond, like reselling my ticket for like $30,000 because I know someone would buy it and I'd make like a $29,000 profit. I was like, I can pay my loans. I could move to LA. I could do so much with that. But just the moral of it, I can't be as bad as a capitalist as Ticketmaster was. I can't be a part of the problem and let these people suffer. So I'm not going to sell my ticket. Like, ugh, I, I guess I'll just go to the tour, you know. But a part of me definitely wanted to. The gag is, is that Taylor did nothing about this yet. People are still anxiously waiting a response because at this point it's on, been on ABC News. It's been on everything. So I think she's going to respond. Um, while her fans were fighting each other to the death, ripping each other's faces off on social media this weekend. She, or this week, she just posted on her Instagram story how happy she was that the 10-minute version of All Too Well was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> she was just laughing at us, dancing in our pain. And I think it's really interesting how her song Antihero kind of foreshadowed this whole thing. Like, it's, it's almost eerie, it's like Taylor saw this coming and she put out a pre-apology to what fans were about to go through. Just because some of the, the, the lyrics, like we said, did you hear my covert narcissism, a.k.a. her wanting to get these accomplishments, I disguise as altruism, her pretending like she really has the fans back, but she doesn't. Um, the lyric, I wake up screaming from dreaming, one day I'll watch as you're leaving cause, and um, because you got tired of my scheming for the last time like she's scheming against the fans and then obviously the lyrics it's me hi i'm the problem it's me at tea time everybody agrees and everyone's ripping her to shreds online and then it must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero she knows she does stuff that's fucked up and she's like 
apologizing to the fans. It must be exhausting. Always rooting for me. Oh, that is so eerie and weird. Like she, she's such a mastermind. She really saw all that coming. Oh my goodness. It's that's almost creepy. She's too powerful. Illuminati confirmed. But at the same time, the fact that she knew that about herself and had that self loathingness to her, knowing that sometimes she does bad things to the fans. Like, why would she do it? I don't know. I really hope she responds. Ticketmaster gave us a response. And one of like the chairman or whoever, one of the rich white men, blah, 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 who looks like a carbon copy of all the other rich white businessmen, CEOs who run Ticketmaster went on the news and he kind of explained what happened and gave his like pity, sympathy, fakeness. Ticketmaster owned by Live Nation, 30 plus percent owned by Liberty. Yes. Um, So... This tweet, daily reminder, Ticketmaster's monopoly, its merger with Live Nation should never have been approved and they need to be reined in. This in response to all those enraged fans of Taylor Swift who weren't able to get tickets. How do you respond to that? Well, I'm first and all the Live Nation team is sympathetic that the long wait times and fans who couldn't get what they wanted. Uh, Reality is it's a function of the massive demand that Taylor Swift has. The site was supposed to be opened up for 1.5 million verified Taylor Swift fans. Uh, We had 14 million people hit the site, including bots, another story, which are not supposed to be there. And despite all the challenges and the breakdowns, we did sell over 2 million tickets that day. We could have filled 900 stadiums. And the reality is, is this is not actually a Live Nation promoted concert. Taylor Swift is promoted by one of our largest competitors. So though AOC may not like every element of our business. Interestingly, AEG, our competitor, who is the promoter for Taylor Swift, chose to use us because we are, the, in reality, the largest and most effective ticket seller in the world. Even our competitors want to come on our platform. All right, but you're getting overwhelmed still. It's not the first time. Is there a way to get around this? Is there a way to avoid this where everybody's, you know, I got a 17-year-old daughter. She's pissed. Well, I'm, I apologize to your daughter and I apologize to all our fans. We are working hard on this. And again, you know, building capacity for peak demand is something we attempt to do, but this exceeded every expectation. And the reality is Taylor Swift hasn't been on the road for three or four years, and that's caused a huge issue. Then he went on to say Ticketmaster has been blamed for a staggering number of bot attacks for causing a tidal wave of problems of Taylor Swift fans seeking to purchase a ticket to her Eras tour. Never before has verified fans on sales sparked so much attention or uninvited volume. Overall, we estimate 15% of interactions across the site experienced issues, and that's 15% too many. Absolutely false. 15, 100% of the people I knew trying to get tickets experienced problems. 100%, girl. And if you didn't, like, how does it feel being God's favorite? Really, how does it feel? And then he said that Taylor's demand was so high, she could have performed 900 stadium shows. Mm, I don't know about that. I think it was bots and I think it was a strategy to squeeze us of our money. And I think that's exactly what happened. And Taylor Swift and Ticketmaster are laughing all the way to the bank. So the point of this segment was just to let you know that you are not alone. Unfortunately, we all had to deal with this and you could have done everything right. And it still just did not work out your way. Um, And that even though it sucks that you may potentially not be going to the tour or you may have lost all of this money, it will be okay. There's going to be more opportunities to see her now that COVID is over. I'm sure she'll tour more often. I'm sure she'll add more shows. And hopefully she just does it better next time. But in the meantime, definitely allow yourself to feel upset because a lot of people 
we're fucked over here. And I think there's a few things we can learn from this whole conversation that we just had, as we always try to do on this podcast. And I think that something we can learn is that you can do everything right in preparation for some moment or event, and it still does not go your way by no fault of your own. Things just don't work out. And all we can do is be prepared for the worst, but hope for the best and not hate ourselves or be upset with ourselves at the outcome because we knew we had our backs and we can go forward even if we lost the battle knowing that we are bad bitches who tried our absolute best. So y'all had your own back. Unfortunately, things just don't always work out this perfect way that I wish they would. And that's going to happen multiple times in life. And it's a very sucky part, but at least we can learn to not not let, just not have self-loathing because of how things work out. Something else we can learn is that I think like Taylor Swift did to us a little bit that we shouldn't take advantage of people that love you just because you know what they would do for you because you should treat the people who love you the best and give you that true, undying, passionate love. You should treat them the best because... They will always be there for you. They are the most valued people that you have in your life. And you don't want to take them for granted and disappoint them. Because if you do lose them, which you could, if you start to take advantage of the love they have for you, that would be the biggest loss of all. So treat the people in your life the best who love you the most and do whatever you can in your power to not fuck them over for any personal gain. Because relationships and family and friends is worth the most and it's not worth any sort of personal gain and i wish taylor swift did not get tempted by that but sometimes we can be disappointed by the people they love not because you did anything wrong but because they are just choosing themselves in this moment i want to disclaim though i do still love taylor i will be streaming her um not just because i got a ticket but just because i know that shit works out this way sometimes so i'm not gonna like spread hate or try to take anyone down and i don't want death threats by the swifties but I just wish it didn't work out this way. The Grammys are what artists live for. It's long been considered the pinnacle of success, the one award in music that actually matters. When you could be introduced as a Grammy winner, it really elevates you and changes your life as an artist forever. Even if you flop after the fact, no one can say shit about that because you're forever Grammy winner, blah, blah, blah. I think it's time we move away from that notion, though, and realize the Grammys are just the scammies. I think it's actually the award that matters the least in music now. And we're going to go over why. But first, we're going to talk about the Grammy nominations and give them a little credence by even talking about them because why not? It's fun to judge nominations and award shows at the end of the day are just entertainment. So let's go over the nominations for the 2022 Grammys before we then debunk why the Grammys don't matter at all. So these are the top nominees for the year based on how many they are up for. Beyonce is up for nine Grammys this year. And as we know, Beyonce is already the 
the single artist to win the most Grammys ever. I believe at 28 or 29 Grammys. So the Illuminati contract is signed and it's working for her. She also tied Jay-Z for the most nominations ever now, both at 88. They're so powerful. It's actually so scary. They're unfuckable with. It's actually so creepy that the two people who have the most Grammy nominations are married. Hmm. It makes you think, you know, it just makes you think. They must be in real good with the people at the Grammys, huh? Kendrick Lamar has eight nominations. Adele and Brandi Carlisle have seven. Lizzo has six and Harry Styles have five. So let's start with the general categories. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you who I think should be nominated, who I think shouldn't be nominated, and just my overall thoughts on them. So the general categories are the most sought after because it combines all genres together. And it's the one you really want to win because they're the biggest. There's only four of them. Album, record, song, and best new artist of the year. We're not going to talk about best new artist, even though I'm disappointed with those nominations. But we are going to talk about, let's let's start with record of the year. So record of the year is based on basically just how a song sounds. If it's catchy, if it's good, if it makes you have emotion, just the sound of the song needs to move you. Nominees are ABBA, Don't Shut Me Down, Adele, Easy On Me, Beyonce, Break My Soul, Brandi Carlile, You and Me, On The Rock, Doja Cat, Woman, Harry Styles, As It Was, Kendrick Lamar, The Heart, Part 5, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit. So let's just talk about those nominations. First of all, I think it's interesting that a lot of people who get nominated for Grammys and win a lot, they're like the Grammy darlings, I would say, are the people who are up for all of the awards this year. And yes, I'm talking about Adele, I'm talking about Beyonce, I'm talking about Harry Styles, I'm talking about Kendrick, and I'm talking about Lizzo and Brandi Carlile. They are the staple Grammy favorites, and for the their whole careers, they have been. And it's almost like no one else is even given a shot at winning in the mat like just the mass amount of grammys that these artists win it was shocking to see abba in this category for don't shut me down because abba has been notoriously snubbed by the grammys for their whole entire career and like dancing queen and um waterloo and everything like that they've just had such an amazing career people find it shocking when they haven't ever won one but they got so many nominations this year and i think it's because the grammys are trying to like make up for what they've done to them in the past and honestly it's about damn time um, for the most part, I don't think Bad Habits should be nominated in this. I think it's just a TikTok song and it's too soon to really call it. And I don't know. I feel like Steve Lacey is just not there to be nominated for Record of the Year at the Grammys. That's kind of intense to me. Other than that, I agree with it. It's going to be interesting seeing all these Grammy favorites go against each other with Adele and Beyonce going head to head because they're like the faves of all time, obviously. So let's move on to Song of the Year. Adele, easy on me. Beyonce, Break My Soul, Bonnie Raitt, Just Like That, DJ Khaled, For God Did, Gail, ABCDEFU, Harry Styles, As It Was, Kendrick Lamar, The Heart Part 5, Lizzo, About Damn Time, Steve Lacey, Bad Habit, Taylor Swift, All Too Well, 10-Minute Version. That's Song of the Year. The difference between record and song is that Song of the Year is for the lyrics. The lyrics have to stand out. And even if the singer who sings the song wins the award, but they didn't write the song, they don't get an award. They get nothing. So it's really just for songwriters. And that is why I think it's real interesting with these nominations. Because why the actual fuck is A, B, C, D, E, F, U nominated for song of the year? As if her lyrics in that song were good at all. She literally took like like the alphabet nursery rhyme, A, B, C, D, and turned it into a song. It's just so juvenilely written. It's so 
unoriginal. It's latching onto this little nursery rhyme that's already been written and then making it this undeep, unemotional, unoriginal, angsty teenage song about ABCDEFU. And then she sings about, like, I hate your dog or something. It's the most juvenile song I've ever heard. And I honestly don't think the lyrics are impressive at all. And it's inspired a lot of bad songs that have been written that are also trying to make nursery rhymes into songs like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Bitch, You're Such a, such a Narcissist. They're along the, the same thread and they all are not good to me. And the fact that that is in the same category as All Too Well, the 10 minute version that's actually a masterpiece is is so it, it's just so insulting to all the other nominees how like i wouldn't even want to be in that category gail i'm sorry girl i'm sure you have talent but you are jacking these people's swag by even being there you're ruining the moment for them and she should not have been nominated in that category at all i'm gonna just say it like it is every other song in here sure i agree with i don't even know a few of them but so i can't really comment but yeah gail get out of a song a song there's so many other good written songs this year that actually had meaning and depth like glimpse of us by joji that should have been nominated instead and the fact that that oh gross tiktok is really like ruining the grammys in this kind of way with that but okay let's talk about album of the year this this i think is widely considered the biggest award that you can win at the grammys Taylor Swift being the only woman to win it three times. Ooh. Ooh. As I just talked, like, major shit about Taylor. Okay, album of the year. ABBA, Voyage. Adele, 30. Bad Bunny, Un Verano, Sinti. Beyonce, Renaissance. Brandy Carlisle, In the Silent Days. Coldplay, Music of the Spheres. Harry Styles, Harry's House. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. M- Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. Lizzo, Special. Mary J. Blige, Good Morning, Gorgeous Deluxe. Okay, so first of all... First of all, first of all, we are going to get another BL versus Don. I almost said Adonce. I almost combined it Adele and Beyonce. Adonce. Adele and Beyonce face off with 30 and Renaissance. And that is going to be interesting as fuck. And I think if Adele wins it, we would get the same exact accept- acceptance speech where she's like, fuck my album. This should go to Adele. And then she breaks it in half and like cries, like ugly cries on stage. And I, I you know, I wouldn't mind reliving that but you know who i think is gonna win this harry styles i really think i do harry's house has everything the grammys want in an album of the year winner and not only that harry styles is a pop culture phenomenon this year his popularity is through the roof his imagery and iconography is just so above and beyond even renaissance at this point and he has the number one song of the year as it was no one has sold as much been number one for longer did better with streaming than that song. So I think of all these albums, Harry Styles has the best chance to win. And I know it's crazy because Beyonce and Adele are the favorites, but I think Harry could do a major upset here. Even though I do love Renaissance and 30, I love Special by Lizzo so much, and I'm so happy she got nominated because she deserves it. The first time I heard that album, I was like, oh, that's definitely getting an album of the year nomination. I think it was amazing. And I can't wait to see what Lizzo wears. I love her. She's so funny and iconic. Let's talk about the snubs. Ed Sheeran got snubbed for album of the year. That's crazy for his Equals album. He had songs like Shivers and Bad Habits. And I usually do shit on Ed Sheeran that 
leprechaun looking ass bitch. But I liked this album by him. I, I used to hate on him the most for being really one note and never changing his tone of just these like soft boy simp ballads on acoustic. But the way he totally did the pop star thing and changed something up, like I have mad respect for him now. Mad respect for him. And I, I actually feel bad that he didn't get nominated. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, Traumazine, and all her singles like Plan B and Sweetest Pie were snubbed. Plan B is such a fucking bop. The, the lyrics to that song are so raw and real. The only accolade you ever made is that I fucked you a bitch. And then she says like, my pussy is the most expensive meal you'll ever eat. Ugh. Those are some lyrics that I can get behind for song of the fucking year. Those are some lyrics that I can just scream in the car going so hard to like, that is a masterpiece in my opinion. That should win written song of the fucking year. Sorry, Megan. Red Taylor's version did not get nominated. Um, I'm kind of upset by that. Even though it is a re-release, there was a lot of new stuff on there. And I mean, it's still outsold all the girlies. So Rosalia Motomami didn't get nominated. That was a huge snub in my opinion, because that also took over the world. And Rosalia just won album of the year at the Latin Grammys. So the fact that she didn't win or even get nominated here at the American Grammys, mm, it's giving like they already had a token Spanish-speaking album and they didn't want to do too. That's that's what it's giving, to be honest. Demi Lovato was snubbed. She she deserves it. Album flopped. Wasn't good. Bad. Um, Who else was snubbed? Was there anyone else? That I th- oh, oh, okay. So Bruno Mars and Anderson Pac, Pac, their, what was their album called? An Evening with Silk Sonic. So they were probably going to win if they were nominated, but they didn't submit their album this year. No one knows why. They just didn't want their album to be nominated for album of the year or anything. My theory is this. Bruno Mars is the Grammy darling of all Grammy darlings. No, he hasn't won the most, but do you want to know something about Mr. Bruno Mars? Mr. Five Foot Two player? He has never lost a Grammy he's been nominated for. Isn't that gag worthy? Like the fucking gag never lost <gasps> like the surprise is ruined you know if i was bruno and i was nominated i'd be like oh i'm winning today so and they already won for record of the year last year for smoking out the window because that was released before the album and before the cutoff date so the album had to wait till this year but they didn't um submit it i guess they didn't want it to win maybe they wanted someone else to shine Maybe they feel like they had their moment. They wanted to move on from the whole era. Mad respect to them for not even caring. And I could have seen them winning over like Beyonce and Adele and Lizzo and all that. So the fact that they cleared the way, cool as fuck. <laughs> I'm like, I'm glad they took out the own, their own competition. Good for them. One obvious snub is Nicki Minaj for Super Freaky Girl for Song of the Year. She wasn't even nominated for, in the rap categories, in the pop categories, which is the most like interesting thing to me. It's it's actually just straight up suspicious because I could be hard on Nicki Minaj sometimes with what I think her, like a hit is and if I think her songs deserve the hype. But Super Freaky Girl was undeniably a hit and one of the biggest hits of the year. It was a number one song. It was in the top 10 for what? 10 weeks at this point over that. It was one of her biggest songs ever to perform commercially on the charts. And you couldn't walk into a club. You couldn't get in the car without hearing that song. So it almost seems personal. And the, the Grammys were attacking Miss Chun-Li, the street fighter, not nominating her. 
And do you want to know why they don't, they didn't nominate her? Because they have a personal agenda against Nicki Minaj. And it's a conspiracy theory that I don't even think is a conspiracy theory, but the people at the Grammys blackballed Nicki Minaj from ever being allowed to win a Grammy in her whole life. And that's the fucking tea. And here's why. Because Nicki was performing at the 2012 Grammys, like at the height of her, like just her career taking off, like when she really just exponentially exploded, like went to space, like the biggest artist of the fucking year, that year. And Nicki did all these promos for the Grammys in 2012. And that was the most viewed show of the decade. The Grammys in 2012 were the most viewed with almost 40 million viewers. Isn't that fucking crazy? With almost 40 million viewers. And Nikki was scheduled to perform that night. Obviously, she promoted the whole show. She was going to perform. And she was going to do her song, Roman Holiday, which is admittedly a crazy, off-the-fucking-rocker, batshit-insane song that only someone possessed by a devil, a.k.a. Nicki Minaj, being possessed by her alter ego, Roman, could have put on. The song that's like, mm, bitch, uh, twitch, motherfucking right, this is World War Six a crazy song and they wanted her to perform that the grammys chose that song of her album because i don't know if you know this the grammys are so highly produced that the artists don't pick what song they get to perform the grammys choose how they want their show to go down and they pick which song off an artist's album they get to perform and they chose for nikki roman holiday as if this was a setup so anyway the day comes for the award show in 2012 and Nikki's time to, to perform is less than 10 minutes away. And they go into her dressing room and say, hey, we don't want you to perform anymore. We don't want you to do this performance anymore. Because if you saw that performance, you would know. It made the Catholic Church very upset. Yeah, as if they don't have enough to be upset about already over there at the Catholic Church. Oh, I could go on and on about the Catholic fucking church the amount of the catholic church bullshit i had to deal with this week with my grandma's like funeral and everything and having to sit through a catholic church mass scammers to the max like the catholic church are such scammers i'm sorry if i'm offending anyone you know what i rescind that i take it back they're not i love the catholic church anyway the catholic church was going to get offended by her performance because she starts the performance and she's like in a makeshift confessional confessing that she's possessed by this demon named roman and her album is literally named roman reloaded so it's all about her just crazy rap ego that comes out of her and spits all these crazy bars that she does and allows her to be famous like roman is the nikki is the milli vanilli to roman like it's really roman doing these songs and then the end of the performance is her like getting exercised and getting like levitated in the air and just a lot of demonic shit going on in that performance as, as if every artist in the illuminati doesn't do demonic shit like lunas x rode the devil gave him a lap dance where do we draw the line but apparently it was there so they said nikki we don't want you to do the performance and whitney died whitney houston died just a few days before so they were like you know what for some dumbass reason this is not the vibe of the show anymore um girl you're dumb as fuck what does whitney houston dying have to do with me not nikki not performing this it's a bit silly to me yes it was tragic yes it's sad but there's still a lot of pop acts performing that night doing songs about like partying and whatever why can't nikki perform this so they say nikki if you go on that stage and do this crazy performance you're gonna regret it and nikki goes what the fuck i'm in such a hard situation because if she doesn't perform she'll feel like she lied to the fans 
She promoted the heck out of this show. And now she's being put in this hard situation by the Grammys producer. So she says, you know what? I choose my fans over the Grammys. And she goes out there and performs to give the show that she promised. And the the critical reception was actually really good. Like critics thought it was entertaining. They thought it was creative. And they understood the whole rap persona vibe to it. They loved it. But the Grammys did not like it. And they said it made their show embarrassing. And after that, she was blackballed from winning ever again. But let me let me explain. Let me let Nikki explain. And this is after I had just done a bunch of commercials with LL Cool J to promote the Grammys. After I did everything they asked, they came the day of the show and told me not to perform. And I said, no, I'm going to perform, of course. And then when the performance came out and it received backlash from the Catholic Church, Ken Ehrlich reached out to my then management and said, can you please tell Nikki to stop speaking about it? And I didn't, I thought that was weird because I didn't know how it was an issue for him. Like, it's my brand. I have to explain myself. I'm the one getting backlash. And he said he was mad because I had did an interview and said, well, the producers at the Grammys knew what song I was going to do in advance. Right. Which I thought made no sense because obviously nobody's watching the Grammys thinking that the producers don't know what song Nicki Minaj is about to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so right. I didn't understand why they were mad. And I didn't understand the power that that man had to mm. start to completely blackball me for the rest of my career. But that's exactly what happened. Mm. So he basically told me, you gonna you go out there or else. And when I went out there, because now all of my fans are expecting a performance, I'm not going to just not perform. And I just did all this to, p- to promote your show and your viewers. So I went out there and he blackballed me for the rest of my career. He then made me feel afraid to speak on it because thinking, well, if you want to, if you do ever want to get a Grammy, you better not speak about it. So this is why when Ariana called him out the other day, yeah. I said, this, this man is still doing the same shit. And then I did my research and found out he's been doing clown corny shit to people and they've just been bullied and being quiet. But now being that I'm at the place now that I don't give a fuck. Right. Because I am a legend and I'm going to die an icon regardless. Talk your shit. I can now let everyone know that the reason why a song like Monster or whatever, you name it, yeah. that's never been touched till this day creatively, doesn't have a Grammy, that's why. It's because a little black girl thought that she could go against this powerful white man mm. and say, no, I'm going to perform. I have you, You're not making any sense. I promoted the fuck out of the show for you and this makes no sense. Yeah. Because of that little backlash, he told me I should have basically lied and said the Grammys didn't know what I was going to perform, which made no sense. Somebody would have believed that anyway. I didn't realize. So I saw him at Jay-Z's concert. And I was there again with my then management. Right. And I just remember how I walked up to him about to say hello. And he just looked at me like with so much with like with just disgust. Like, like I was say nothing, to you absolutely just... nothing. I went up to him and tried people. So it doesn't it doesn't matter to that extent. But I do think it's sad because they try to portray it as if it's about talent when it's not. It's about people actually um, network for the Grammys. They tell right. a bunch of people, hey, vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. Why don't yeah. you ask them who voted for the hip hop awards? So, yeah, it's really hard hearing all that because Nikki at one point in her career really wanted to win a Grammy. And she openly expressed that that's what artists live for and that's what they really like reach for their whole career. So the fact that they just decided to blackball her because she decided to speak up against them is fucked up. And she knows it's fucked up and she wanted to expose the Grammys. But I think Nikki is going to be like ahead of her time in this sense. And she's already proven to be because a lot of artists these days are exposing the Grammys for very similar, just scammy um, like, just sleazy things that they do. And people are ma- losing major respect for them. And Nicki Minaj is known to make change in the music industry. I'm not even, like, that hardcore of a barb. Let me just tell you, I'm not a barb that's going to, like, call Cardi B ugly as fuck, call Lotto fat. I'm not that kind of crazy barb. I'm just saying, Nicki Minaj really makes change. She changed the rules on Billboard because she spoke out about people selling bundles with their music attached to it with like merch or tour passes. Like if someone bought a piece of merch from an artist, they would automatically buy a single too because it was just tagged on the shirt. And that would count as a sale that would go towards the billboard chart. And he said, no, that's not fair. And billboard literally changed the rule. 
So Nikki made that change. And then she had Billboard change another rule when she made Spotify streams count towards the Billboard Hot 100. And the rule literally changed after that. And that changed the whole course of who was going to be what number. So Nikki's made real changes. She's always been ahead of her time in that way. But because she spoke out and she's this black woman and just the racism and the sexism of it all, they thought they could blackball her and get away with it. But people see it now. Nikki is not crazy. And when it comes to the music industry, she really knows what she's talking about. And now people are losing respect for the Grammys all over the place, left and right. The Weeknd, as we know, is another artist who says he's sworn off the Grammys. He's never going to perform. He doesn't even care about them anymore. He's not even going to look in their direction. They disgust him. He despises them. When his music in 2020 did not receive any nominations at the Grammys, for songs like Blinding Lights and his album After Hours that all broke massive records. Blinding Lights still holds the record for the biggest Hot 100 song of all time, I believe. Or like Longest Weeks in the Top 10. He didn't get any nominations for that. And he said it's because he didn't campaign enough to the people who vote for the Grammys. He didn't network enough. He didn't bribe them enough. He didn't play the game enough. And that's why he didn't get nominations. And that's why he thinks it's really unfair. He said, quote, I remain uninterested in being a part of the Grammys, especially with their own admission of corruption for all these decades. I will not be submitting in the future. The trust has been broken for so long between the Grammys organization and artists that it would be unwise to raise a victory flag if I did win. So he says, he says even if I do win in the future, I don't want it because it's not real. And the Grammys are rigged. They're a fake system. It's and it, it's really fucked up how the industry can hold that over someone's head because they know it's this massive accolade that everyone wants. So they make artists their bitches and they're almost like the, the, the FCC who are controlling what artists can say and do. They're like, oh, we, we, we don't like that you did that. We don't like that you spoke out against us. So you just won't win and you won't get that boost of your career or that accolade ever. Other artists who now are done with the Grammys is Tyler, the creator, after they said his performance was bad tv and just not good that was so rude and disrespectful why did you invite him then and let him do that like why did you choose him to do that jay-z even doesn't give a shit about the grammys on his song ape shit he says tell the grammys fuck that over eight shit have you ever seen the crowd going ape shit honestly an iconic line i love that he's still not cute it must be the cash because it's not his face <laughs> it must be the cash because it ain't your face she wrote that about Jay-Z. I know it. That's so awkward for him. <laughs> That's almost more embarrassing than all the shit she said about him on Lemonade. It must be the cash because it ain't your face. Damn. I mean, pff, she can't deny that one. That's about Jay-Z. He's crying in his pillow right now. Anyway, Jay-Z doesn't give a shit about the Grammys. Beyonce doesn't even give a shit she looked so exhausted at that award show she was like i have to come to this shit again last year when she like broke the record ariana grande has gotten in public fights with the grammys and boycotted the show just for one year because they wouldn't let her perform the song that they wanted that she wanted um i mean hell yeah and she didn't even win a grammy at that point and they still gave her a grammy that night and she was in her living room <laughs> she was like i don't give a shit about accepting this they won't let me perform what i want and she's a bad bitch for that and I'm glad that all these artists, like, back up Nikki. I just think it's cool. Um, yeah, Halsey said the Grammys are shit. And someone who used to be a CEO at the Grammys, Deborah Dugan, has come out and said the whole thing is rigged. Literally. I'm going to play a video. She 
got fired or there was some you know bad blood between her and the grammys now so when she left she just exposed all of them but they offered her 20 million dollars to not say anything because they want to keep this almost like monopoly of the music industry and controlling the success of artists and manipulating the public into thinking who is worthy and who isn't they wanted to keep that power but she wasn't going to let them you have to tell your truth you have to tell your truth Deborah Dugan says last week the Recording Academy offered her millions of dollars if she would keep her silence. She refused. Is the awards process corrupt? It's rigged. 12,000 Academy members vote to determine the top 20 nominees for a Grammy Award. But Dugan, alongside her attorney, says committees who pick the final nominees can be influenced. You're saying that in some cases the nominating process has the involvement of people who have an interest in the nominations, people who, artists who might be nominated are in the room. Absolutely. And not just the artists, it's the the, the people who have business affiliations with the artists as well. Could represent the artists. Are in the room. Yes. What about the allegation that artists have made that it is predominantly white, that the decisions are being made by males? Is that true? It is true. It's predominantly white males that call the shots. She says Sunday night, artists up for Song of the Year took spots from Ariana Grande and Ed Sheeran. When you move somebody up, somebody comes out. And I was in the room and I did see that happen. Can we also talk about something else? How the viewership of the Grammys is going way down. So not even people don't care about who wins the awards because they know it's fake. They don't even watch it anymore. Let me let me find the little statistics that said who watches this shit. I mean, I'm going to watch it, obviously, but, you know, this shit. So last year only had 2.93 million people tune in. And in 2012, when Nikki performed, there was 40 million people. So it's plummeting. There's more ways that we can measure an artist's success. We don't really need the Grammys anymore. And it's being exposed. And their own fuckery is what caused this expose. So I love it. But anyway, what can we learn from this? I think what we can learn is that awards and accolades do not matter and they don't define our success what defines our success is being happy and being satisfied with the art and the work that we create in our own realm and what we're proud of and what we push ourselves to achieve and if we impact people and we change people's lives and reach the audience that we want to reach and see success and connections and all of that it doesn't have to do with did i impress some like corrupt award system and get a little trophy that doesn't really mean shit and all the grammys trophies really do seem empty at this point it's like why even have them it's just a little scheme by the entertainment industry to choose whose career they're going to further or not and i think a lot of us have things in our lives or awards that we could potentially win or titles that we could potentially get that we put so much weight on and strive for or even like numbers of followers but that is not what is going to fulfill you and truly mean something there could be someone with five followers well not five followers. there could be someone with ten thousand followers who has a way better fan base and connection than someone with a million and that's just a fact so the accolades and the awards are not everything Some 
can lick it, I can ride it while you slipping and sliding. I can do all them little tricks and keep the dick up inside it. You can smack it, you can grip it, you can go down and kiss it. And every time he leave me long, he always tell me he miss it. He wanna Pete Davidson and his dick have scored again. And as we know, last episode, we were talking about Pete with Emily Ratajkowski and how I think it may even be an upgrade from Kim motherfucking Kardashian because Emily is so gorgeous. And a part of me was in disbelief that he could be on such a historic run and bag another bitch that bad. It's almost like lightning striking, you know, the same place three times. The odds are pretty fucking low. You know, you know what I'm saying? So the fact that it's real because Pete and Emily were just seen out on a date and there's photos of them hugging and being all over each other. Photos, you guys. If they're, if they're on my Instagram story. I'll repost them on there. Insane. They were like hugging and then people say that they were kissing in the back of the building and they're wearing matching outfits. Black puffer jackets and gray sweatpants as if they were like coordinating. They're already that cringy level of couple. She probably saw his dick print in those sweats though and it probably looked amazing. Emily had a present in her hand and it was her, it was Pete's 29th birthday. So, you know, she gave him another birthday present too. And allegedly they've been a couple for a few months now. They've been talking for a while and now they've finally made it public and started going out together. And they both really like each other, but it's still in the early stages. I'm worried for Pete still, even though it seems to be going good. I hope he had a lovely birthday. I'm worried for him. Like, Pete should be in the NBA with all the rebounds he catches. And that's not me being a bitch. But Emily just divorced her husband in September. So not very long ago. She has a kid with that man. It was a very long-standing relationship. So the fact that she just jumped into Pete, mm, it sounds pretty familiar. It sounds just like what Ariana Grande did after she broke up with Mac Miller. And then what Kim Kardashian did after she broke up with Kanye West. And it's almost like women are using him in some way yes he gets the clout in exchange but he's being used as this like rebound for fun like rental dick that they can just have a little bit of fun with and i feel bad for him and these gorgeous badass women yes it's amazing to have them you get the baddest bitches you the best arm candy in the fucking game the most interesting like the full package elite women you get them, but that means you have more to lose and it probably stings a little bit more. I think these women are just in a phase of wanting to have fun again, feel excited again, laugh because he's a comedian and then, you know, have sex with a good dick. And that's it. But I think that Pete might think they're going to get married and, you know, brand himself with their names and they're just not on the same page at all. So I'm very worried for Pete. I hope Emily doesn't break his heart, but I hope Pete doesn't break his own heart by going for the same women all the time. So what can we learn from this? I think we learned that sometimes we create our bleh, sometimes we create our own heartbreaks through expectations. And you can't I know it's hard but you can't get wrapped up in the fantasy and the fairy tale and the hopeless romantic of it all of just wanting to be swept off your feet by someone and walk into the sunset and just live happily ever after after knowing each other for just a little bit. Yes, that's fun. Yes, that's great, but it's not responsible for your own heart and not hurting yourself. I do love that idea, but you need to kind of contain yourself with your emotions there and try not to catch feelings 
like that or make yourself catch feelings faster than you have to because you could break your own heart and i think that's what pete does to himself a lot so we just need to protect ourselves in that way i saw a tweet that said this is crazy what i'm about to say the tweet it said my theory is that pete davidson is actually dating all of these children of the illuminati to find out what really happened on 9-11 to avenge his father (laughs) oh my god because his dad died in 9-11 oh my god I think it's true too. Let me know. All I have to say is, rest in peace, Jimmy Fallon. He was a good guy. He was a good man. He wasn't my favorite late night host. You know, I think his fake laugh was kind of bad. And he really didn't feign excitement well when he didn't like the guest. And he's not all that funny, but he had good energy about him. So I'm sad that he died. I don't know if you guys heard, but (laughs) hashtag rest in peace, Jimmy Fallon was trending for over 12 hours on twitter this week because some troll just like made it up that he died and there's over 50,000 tweets about it of people (laughs) like expressing their condolences and saying rest in peace to him and pretending like he actually died and then jimmy put out a tweet that said hey elon can you fix this hashtag r.i.p jimmy fallon and people were quote tweeting it and saying i really hate when a celebrity is gone they still have scheduled tweets and it makes you go through the grief all over again. I just can't today. Someone else quoted it and said, it's almost like he's still here with us. <laughs> and he had a whole response to this hashtag Jimmy Fallon is dead trend that started for no fucking reason on his show. And it was actually kind of funny. That's right. We're all here tonight. I don't know if you guys saw this, but for the last 24 hours, uh, R.I.P. Jimmy Fallon has been trending on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Even worse, uh, when they heard I died, Ticketmaster kicked me out of line for Taylor Swift tickets. And I go, this is terrible. This is awful. Right after it happened, though, I was so touched. Uh, NBC immediately called uh, and asked, how can we turn this into another law and order? And I go, well, that's... <laughs> yeah, R.I.P. Jimmy Fallon was the number two trend on Twitter. I tried everything I could to bump it down. I even tried the hashtag ripped Jimmy Fallon. I thought that would maybe help. I would play into it. That would be, I would love if that happened to me. I would be like, finally a way out, you know, and not tell people that I don't like that I'm actually still alive. I'd be like, you know what? Can we just not tell anyone so we can just escape these bitches? I wouldn't tell the government I'm still alive. I I would just lay low off the grid and just chill with the people I like forever that'd be such a nice way out so if you guys can get hashtag r.i.p petty pop culture trending that'd be great or you can put it on your on your instagram story when you screenshot and tag me you can be like oh my god like rest in peace patty can't believe this was the last episode that'd be funny but anyway apparently no more things are going to trend on twitter ever again because twitter could be taken down just completely stop working by tomorrow Everyone on Twitter tonight is talking about it. Literally everyone. All the top trends, all of the top trends are about one topic. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen. 
they're all some uh, variation of people saying goodbye to Twitter. Here are the trends that I just see now. So Twitter, Twitter down, goodbye Twitter, RIP Twitter, without Twitter, damn Twitter, apparently Twitter. Say Twitter one more time. Twitter. I see people saying goodbye to Twitter. I bet the OnlyFans models are freaking out. That was my plan B. You guys know I'm trying to be a Twitter slut. So the fact that it could legit shut down right now is fucked up. And that is because Elon Musk is a tyrant. And he's like hurting the people away from Twitter. He He's making the environment so toxic. So toxic. He said, I'm going to create an environment so toxic that no one will be able to stay in this fucking job. And that's exactly what he's doing. So earlier this month, as we know, Elon fired top executive slash the workforce of Twitter in half and fired any remaining staff who dared to speak out against him on Twitter or troll him in any way. And then just to make it worse, he sent out an email this week that said, going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed in an increasingly competitive world, we need, we will need to be extremely hardcore what does that even mean? Extremely hardcore at your job? I'm, I'm sorry. Unless I'm getting an extremely hardcore paycheck, I'm not going extremely hardcore. He continued and said, well, the, the email continued and it said, it, it asked the staff to click yes if they wanted to stay with the company and agree to go hardcore. And those who did not respond to the email and hit yes by 5 p.m. on Thursday would be considered to have quit and given a severance package. So I guess they have until tomorrow or today when you're hearing this to (laughs) decide to leave or not. And 42% of the company has already left. I mean, I don't fucking blame them. I would too. He said he wants long hours and high intensity. Girl, this is not like a CrossFit class. Like we're not doing this high intensity, long hours. Like this, this isn't a Sean T weight loss intense program. Like, do you, does, does he expect these people to be sprinting around the Twitter office or typing so fast that their fingers and the keyboards start smoking or like in a cartoon when SpongeBob is thinking so fast, smoke starts to come out of his head. I think that's what he wants from them. But people are just deciding to leave. They're not going to go hardcore with Elon. That sounds disgusting. I would never go hardcore with Elon on anything. So the company notified employees Thursday evening that it will close its offices and cut badge access until Monday. Because Elon Elon and his team are terrified that employees are going to sabotage the company if they're allowed access and they've already quit. And they're still trying to figure out which... Twitter employees would potentially be a threat to them and he needs to cut access for. So in the meantime, he just cut access to everyone. So no building at Twitter is running right now. And apparently a lot of high executives at the company have quit that handle its daily functions and really important just daily processes that Twitter needs to run. This says the departure includes many engineers responsible for fixing bugs and preventing service outages and just for running the daily functions raising questions about the stability of the platform amid the loss of employees if it does break no one can fix it so since no one is there to fix the bugs if something happens to twitter in the next like 48 hours it will just go down and no one will fix it and bugs happen all the fucking time on these social media apps so i wouldn't be surprised and just the i mean twitter is used by billions of people someone needs to run that shit you know there needs to be a lot of gears in that machine 
And if half the gears just quit, it's not going to work anymore. And we're already seeing high percentages of Twitter outages tonight. There's a graph online that you can like actively see. That is the amount of places that is experiencing major problems with Twitter and things that are just not getting fixed. And apparently in Europe, it's already down. So Elon has literally ruined Twitter. Um, he tweeted, how do you make a small fortune in social media? You start out with a large one. So it sounds like he means like I started out with a really large fortune and now I just have a small fortune left because I ruined it. Like making fun of the situation. And I guess he was right about the needing to lock employees out of Twitter because they're already starting to troll him, which is amazing. Um, there's, I don't know if you guys saw, but Elon like redid the outside of one of the buildings and it's a big Twitter headquarters place. And there's a projection wall on like the side of the concrete building and tweets will slide across it of just what people are talking about right now. And one of the workers changed the, the tweet that is sliding across it to like roast the fuck out of elon musk and they went like mean girls they went below the belt to the nth degree they went real housewives nasty on him they like this was going across a building in a busy city and it said mediocre man child pressurized privilege petty racist megalomaniac worthless billionaire bankruptcy baby supreme parasite Petulant pimple, profiteer, space, Karen. Oh my God. Who wrote that? They wrote that from the depths of their soul. They're, they wrote that with anger running through their fingers. Damn. I, I don't think I've ever seen someone be roasted that hard. And it honestly probably felt so good to do that. And I kind of wish I could have been the one to say that about Elon. So not only are they leaving him, they're happily leaving him and roasting him on the way out. They are burning the bridge completely. They said, mm, not only do I not want to go hardcore with you, you freak, I'm actually going to go hardcore against you. And kind of iconic. But anyway, people on Twitter were talking about what they want their last tweet to be in case Twitter just breaks tonight and they never get to tweet again. Someone said, my last tweet, why I want it to be, I will never ever buy a Tesla. Someone else said, to all my exes, fuck you. Someone else said, if this is my last tweet, I just want to tell all the billionaires in the world that they can all fuck off and they're going to burn it out. Someone quoted a tweet that said Kendall Jenner announces her horse is expecting a baby via surrogate. And they said, this should be the final tweet. <laughs> I agree. I, I think that really just totally encapsulate what Twitter has been this whole time. I tweeted, I thought it would be funny if my last tweet was just Balenciaga in all caps. <laughs> Like, if Twitter's, like, getting burned at the stake, like, in that one show, in American Horror Story, when the girl gets burned at the stake, and she's like, Balenciaga! And that's her last word. I thought it'd be funny. Um, but another one that I think would be a good last tweet would be, I beat Twitter cancellation. Like, no one, you know, I, I, I survived. I didn't get canceled based off my old tweets, and now I never will. I think that'd be funny. I think that would honestly save a lot of careers. But at the same time, Twitter's just too special to me and too important and too special in a lot of people's lives and literally i think it's the main news source in the world at this point and brings so many humans together every day makes friendships with people changes people's lives with the information that is exchanged on that and the just valuable connections that people who would otherwise be isolated in their real life wouldn't have so if twitter goes away i'd actually cam ass like i'd be so depressed 
I, I, I would have to just like take a one-way ticket to Mars with Elon. I would have to. I, 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 cu- I couldn't live. I'd have to go through withdrawal, like, a, like addiction withdrawal processes. I swear, when I was like younger and my parents could ground me and they would take my phone, I would start shaking. So I think I would start shaking if Twitter actually went away. And I, I, I hope for all of us, after all the shit we've been through this fucking week, I hope that doesn't happen to us. It's like, which one of these companies' big names is worse? Ticketmaster, Grammys, or Twitter? I don't know. But they all seem kind of fucking horrible. So yeah, Twitter, you know, before we know it, this this could be the end of the Twitter as we know it. And I really hope it's not. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to Pop Culture University today. I hope you had fun spilling the tea and just really getting into it with me. And, you know, I hope you had a good time hanging out with me because I love doing these and I love hanging out with you, spilling the tea. And then my favorite part, honestly, is like DMing afterwards, seeing what people think, exchanging, you know, just like gossip with each other. It's my favorite thing. So screenshot, I post it to your Instagram story, tag me, um, you know, leave a cute review, leave a five star on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're already here. It means the most. Tell your friends. Tell your mom's friends, hide your kids, hide your wife, and actually don't tell them about me. But yeah, I got really bad news yesterday as if there's not enough shit going on. I I don't know if I told you guys before. I, I probably did, but I auditioned for Squid Games, the reality show on Netflix, and I got a call back and I bought a passport because I really thought I was going to be a contestant on, you know, the fucking Squid Games. And then I got an email yesterday and they told me I'm not picked. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm going to go red light, green light myself, if you know what I'm saying. But, you know, I really just missed out on my opportunity for not only clout, but for $4.62 million. That's a big L for me. And I, I'm just going to have to process that. Like, I'm actually hurt. But the audition process, like, wh- what was I not serving to them that said he should be on the show? I literally won most likely to be on reality TV as a superlative in school. So I don't get why. Like, I just don't get how so many people who know me personally can recognize that I am a reality star who's destined to be on TV. And they just didn't see it. I It's, it's confusing to me. But, you know, I guess they're blind or deaf or something. And I really do send my condolences to them for that. But yeah, I think they made the wrong choice. I wish I was on the fucking show. But anyway, that's not going to stop me from reapplying to whatever. I want to do Big Brother. I want to do all those things. So I'm going to keep trying to fulfill those dreams, you know what I'm saying? And why not? Doing the audition tapes did not take that long. I encourage you guys to do it. I never even thought I'd get a call back from these things. And I was like, wow, they really liked my audition tape. Then they called me back. So, yeah, I guess maybe they... Sometimes I think maybe it's like my online presence that like fucked me over because I do be talking shit online. But anyway, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to not let them break my soul, like Beyonce said. And yeah, I'm going to have a good-ass weekend. I'm going to get out there, have fun, dance, party. Not let anyone break my soul. And yeah, I hope you guys do the same. I hope you have an amazing weekend. Have some fun plans going on. Ease the tension in your life. Live for the weekend, as we all do. But until next time, I love y'all. And I will see you on Tuesday. This is a Tuesday-Friday class, if you didn't know. So I'll see you Tuesday. Bye! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.